you're a California conservative, a libertarian, a moderate Democrat, believe in common sense, or just a sane person, this is the political podcast for you. It's the California Underground Podcast. All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of California Underground. I am very happy to have one of my good buddies. We go all the way back to law school together, uh, Ryan Carlson, who is the most badass employment attorney that I know. Um, I send every single employment person who, like, every time I get a referral about employment law, I'm like, no, just, just contact Ryan Carlson. Just, I don't even know. I have no idea what I'm talking about. So he's been gracious enough to come on tonight, uh, to talk a little bit about where things are going, especially with like employers and employees and mandates, give a little background as well. Um, so there's been some questions submitted. The chat is open if you want to ask questions there as well. Disclaimer, as we're both attorneys, we have to say this. Uh, this does not create an attorney-client relationship by us chatting. This We're not an attorney-client if you're watching this. It also does not constitute particular personalized legal advice to you. Always consult an attorney on your own. Um, this is just more of a legal discussion between two attorneys um, to give you a better idea with someone who knows more about employment law than I certainly do. So what's going on, Ryan? How's it going, Phil? Thank you very much, first of all, for the very, very kind words at the beginning there. And uh, thank you also for having me on. I'm looking forward to, uh, to talking to you in the audience about things in California right now, which are pretty crazy. Yeah, I, I can imagine. Uh, but before we hop into that, why don't you give them a little bit of your background, how long you've been doing employment law, uh, what got you into it, stuff sure. like that. Why do you do it every single day and what makes you passionate about it? Well, first of all, yeah, this is uh, employment law I really love because I think of America as kind of, uh, you know, driven by its employment, I'm sorry, its employees, you know, the, the workforce, the workforce is the driving uh, force behind America's success has been for years. And so to be able to help both the employers and employees of America kind of makes me feel like I'm, you know, helping America's heartbeat, as I like to say. So it's it's cool to work day in, day out with both sides. Uh, you know, I've been doing this for uh, six years now and have done it since I got out of law school and had no clue that I'd be interested in, in employment law. Once I, you know, started law school, I had no idea where I was going, but I definitely didn't think employment law. And here I am uh, six years into practice and could not be happier with the, the subject matter, the people I get to represent, the experiences that I've had. It's, it's really been a blessing. So, um, you know, like I was referring to earlier, I do get to work with both employees and employers. So, you know, my firm is a general civil litigation firm. So when you say we do employment law, we also do a bunch of other stuff. Uh, so feel free to send us cases that are just, uh, you know, beyond just employment stuff. But, um, uh, some of those cases or some of the, the areas, by the way, include, you know, business law, insurance litigation that's kind of a another thing and then we do a lot of insurance defense and uh um construction defect so anyway cool. uh the employee employment stuff is cool because half of my clients are our employees half our employers we get to see things from both sides of the field um when we're dealing with employees we do a lot of litigation so the wrongful termination the retaliations uh the wage and hour issues those things we do all that stuff in both an individual and a class action context. Um, and then on the employer side, uh, we both defend employers in litigation, but we also uh, offer advice and counseling services. So what that means is we're kind of like an HR firm on steroids. Um, mm -hmm. We 
<laughs> I don't want to, I, I don't mean to knock anybody in HR, but a lot of people refer questions to HR. So when, instead of calling a, you know, an HR firm, as most employers do, uh, who then calls an attorney, you, you can just call us straight and uh, we don't bill you by the month. We bill, by, bill you by the hour just if uh, you use us. So that's another added benefit. Um, but we just coach people through employment issues like, as I'm sure we're going to talk about tonight, the vaccine mandates and the mask requirements and all of that fun stuff. So, you know, those are the definitely the hottest ticket items that I've had come across my desk recently. The most burning questions from both sides of the playing field. And, uh, you know, I'm sure your audience will have similar questions, but uh, that just gives you kind of an example of how it's fun to to maneuver my day in, day out. We get, you know, the litigation side kind of prepares us to tell employers what you see in litigation when things go wrong. So that adds kind of a different perspective that not every attorney has, certainly not every HR firm has, and uh, something that I'm really proud to have. Cool. So... Jump, jump into obviously the hot topic tonight, which everyone is on the edge of their seat trying to uh, get more information about. Yes. Why don't you start off with like a general overview of what you've been seeing uh, in terms of all these new mandates, what's happening, um, and the big issues that you're seeing that other employment attorneys are talking about. Um, just give us your perspective to start off with, and then we can get into specific questions because I'm sure people have plenty of those. Yeah, I think the the 800 pound grill in the room is uh, obviously can my employer or can I as the employer require uh, a vaccine? And right now the answer is yes. Um, there's a lot of things that go into that question. Um, and again, circumstances are everything. But generally speaking, right now, a vaccine mandate uh, has appeared to be OK by those in charge. And private employers and public employers are two vastly different things. These are two concepts that will be important in tonight's discussion because there are different rules governing uh, each sector. However, um, one of the great things about America is, uh, you know, private employers have a lot of leeway to control their workforce to require certain procedures and protocols be followed. Uh, and right now, there's nothing that I know of personally, and I don't purport to know everything, uh, about employment law by any means, but I don't know of anything prohibiting a private employer right now from having such a requirement. Uh, and similarly, uh, right now, those in charge, at least in California, have required state employees to be in most sectors, at least I don't know of any that aren't, uh, you know, to be to be vaccinated. So right now, uh, your employer can do it. Uh, the question is, what happens next when, for example, one is fired or demoted or subject to an adverse employment action? because they're not vaccinated. That's the question we're getting from the employee's side. And uh, for public employers, it's a little different because they have the state's money backing them. Uh, you know, the, it's it's the state guiding their, their policies and procedures. And there will be constitutional implications of these mandates years down the road that we have no idea about, can't predict. So that's one thing. Public employment, not going to try to maneuver that field right now. But in terms of private employers, who I get to deal with uh, <clears throat> for the most part, excuse me. The burning question is what happens if I am fired for it? And there's a host of, of issues that are presented by that question, dealing from retaliation to discrimination. I mean, there's many, many things that could go wrong. So the question from the employer side is, is it worth it? The question from the employee side is, why don't I get it? 
you know, I know a lot of people are opposed to it and for good reason. And I'm not coming on this show by any means to talk about the, you know, the propriety of the vaccine. That's a subject for a conversation or a, a subject for a, a, an expert that I'm not. Uh, but, you know, the question is, is it worth the issue or worth the trouble from from either side? Uh, from the employer side, I, I don't know uh, how it could possibly be worth it. But mm-hmm. some industries are such that it makes sense to require the vaccine. Um, you know, the healthcare industry right now is a even the private healthcare industry is subject to those requirements. So it's a little different. There are industries where um, a vaccine mandate is a necessary business, uh, you know, a necessary component to carrying on the business just because of the nature of the business itself. So that provides the employer a defense if they were to be sued, for example, for retaliation or discrimination. Um, So it's stuff like that that people need to consider. Okay. So we had, before we had hopped on, we were discussing how much of this is like, and this is like every area of law right now. I feel like this is a constitutional law and everything COVID touches becomes like the wild west of law. Um, (laughs) How much of it, how much of what, of what you're facing right now, would you say is, you know, the basics, this is, this is employment law. This is what I practice and this is what I know. And how much of it is, I don't really know what the F is going on and I don't know where this is going. So I'm confident, obviously, enough to know I know the state of the law, the current state of the law uh, that is implicated by these issues. Um, Those being, for example, you know, retaliation and discrimination. I keep mentioning those, but also, um, you know, there's issues with how you from the employee, I'm sorry, employer side, uh, you know, how you structure policies and not only once you structure them, but how you implement them and enforce them once they're implemented, it's just creating a host of issues. But um, with respect to the current state of the law, it is what it is. It it hasn't changed much except for the mandates as to these specific industries. Um, What is to be determined is how the law is going to be enforced when we you know, see the results of this vaccine. And if there are any issues, how those issues are addressed. I mean, there's so many issues that could arise uh, that nobody can reasonably foresee right now. Um, so it's, it's, it would be, you know, complete speculation to, to say this rule will be enforced this way once this happens. I mean, we just don't know. Uh, do you, do you live your life, you know, in light of what might, might happen or in light of what is happening? You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a question that only you can answer. So bring it backing up a little bit, even more, you brought up the the term retaliation. Can you explain what it means when an employer retaliates against an employee? Yeah. Retaliation is an interesting topic right now. It's not the more applicable one to this, this issue, but retaliation is something that is good to know Um, in general, if you're an employee and so you don't do it as an employer, if you are an employee and you engage in what we call the protected activity, could be, um, you know, reporting your employer's violation of law, or refusing to do something illegal at your employer's direction, uh, or requesting sick leave, or uh, requesting reasonable accommodations uh, for for restrictions on a workplace indis- injury or an injury that you suffered elsewhere. Uh, if you do any of those things. 
It's called a protected activity. If your employer were to fire you or demote you or change the circumstances of your employment in a material way, right, you know, for having, because you engaged in that protected activity, that's called retaliation. And that's not legal. So you're entitled to recover the damages that you suffer as a result of either your termination or your demotion or what have you. But if you engage in a protected activity and you're fired for it, it's retaliation. Okay. Yeah, I think that there's some basics, and you what what you'd mentioned that there's a, a theory that would be more applicable than retaliation in what we're talking about with mandates and stuff like that. What theory would that be that they that, that people should know about? Yeah, discrimination is the big one here, uh, and that's where things can go awry. Um, and there's disability accommodation issues as well, uh, but they kind of you know the the ones that I can see coming into issue here all fall under the main umbrella of discrimination. And, um, you know, in this context, the most relevant case might be the failure to accommodate. Uh, so what I mean particularly is if there's a vaccine mandate at a, uh, at any sort of, uh, you know, office or, you know, at your job, one of the ways that you can get out of it in a legitimate way is uh, to request an accommodation for your religion or your uh, disability. Um, if that kind of triggers what's called the interactive process, uh, and just by claiming a religious or, um, uh, you know, medical disability, you don't automatically, you know, get to not get the vaccine. Uh, what it does is it triggers the interactive process for the employer. And what the employer has to do is take steps to figure out what, restrictions are caused, you know, what restrictions on your ability to do your job are caused by your disability or your religious practice. Um, and so when you claim an exemption, they've got to figure out how that can be accommodated, mm. generally speaking. Um, and they've, they've got to interact with you in a reasonable way to, to make that determination. And so the exemptions for, uh, you know, religion or disability that's where the, the issues are going to come into play, where if presented with legitimate evidence, is an employer really going to still make the employee get the vaccine or else terminate him or her? Um, that's where the litigation is going to arise. And from the employer standpoint, is it worth firing the employee or employer? I'm sorry, the, uh, the employee, because he or she won't get the vaccine. Is it worth the, the potential of litigation? So, you know, those are all the, the tricky questions that, that we're getting. And those are the answers nobody nobody knows right now. So when you... When someone does it have to be like a religious or disability exemption, or can you go to your employer and say, I'm willing to make certain accommodations so that I don't have to take this? Is that a possibility for employees is to go to their employer and say, I'm seeking an accommodation, but you don't necessarily have a religious or a disability or a medical reason? Uh, at that point, there's no duty on the employer to provide that accommodation. Um, okay. it, now, that doesn't mean it's not a smart thing to do for the employer, uh, because that's where the whole benefit, you know, risk benefit analysis comes in. Am I going to get sued if I don't do this? Um, yeah. But, um, the, you know, there's got to be a recognized condition, whether it be, you know, you've got to be part of a protected class, as we call them. Um, mm -hmm. You know, those classes being, you know, 
people of certain religions, disabilities, nationalities, genders, and so on. Um, but yeah, it's the, the, it's an issue that that we'll uh, you know we'll see how it goes in the future. Okay, so somebody had asked, and you, I think you already had answered this. Can we use religious or medical exemptions in California? So that would be the first step. I don't know how. I mean, I know some people are trying to figure out in their religion, like how they can say they don't need to take the vaccine. That's something I think you have to look at yourself. I don't think that's anything we can tell you like, but by the legal standard, it has to be actual evidence of your religious belief. If I remember correctly from law school, you actually have to produce like, this is the reason my religion says based on this evidence that I can't take the vaccine. Correct. I mean, if, you the 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 employer providing the accommodation has the right to request that information because they have to figure out how you know what needs to be accommodated they have to they they're entitled to enough information to figure out what needs to be accommodated um you can't just say you know they had that uh religion is a tricky one do you remember the case from law school where they it was like the the uh, surf and turf religion in in the jail and they said yes that's a legit religion so they couldn't deny him surf and turf uh, you're not allowed. It was the case that said mm-hmm. you're not allowed to question the legitimacy of one's creed so long as it's an established creed. Um, yeah. Something, but then they also like, said about like the the famous peyote case where they were taking peyote, which is legal, and it was indigenous uh, on Native American land. And then they were saying, well, you can't take that. It's federal land and it's illegal. But they they were, don't care if it's your belief. It's still illegal. Right. So it's kind so of a weird gray area. Yeah, it, it, it is a gray area. So as an employer, you never want to question the legitimacy of one's religious practice, but you are entitled to enough information to know what you need to do in order to accommodate that practice. Um, so, you know, what information that is, is super case by case specific. Um, you know, I, I don't want to venture into what could be acceptable in some cases and not in others. But um, the way it would play out is, you know, during during the pre-litigation stage is one thing. What can the employer do to ask for that information? That's one thing. But if something happens, whether it be a, a termination or what have you, and there's litigation that's involved, that's when the court, you know, once you get to court, you are entitled to information showing that, you know, you've got to justify your, your beliefs and not necessarily the legitimacy and how devout you are, but that what you're talking about is a, is a recognized practice of the religion you're claiming. Can't be just bogus. Can't say you know, uh, you know. I mean, uh, I don't even want to guess. Uh, religion's tricky. I don't even want to go there right now. But it, it's hard. It's yeah. hard to imagine a situation where, um, you know, an employer. Well, I guess it's easy to imagine a situation where an employer can ask way too much and get in trouble for doing that and deny it because you're saying, oh, that's not part of being Muslim or Jewish or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's that's something I wouldn't recommend, but. That's not to say that the employer doesn't have the right to ask and that the employee has to provide enough information to justify it. So I think it is a good time to jump into specific questions. Again, if anybody's watching and you want to ask uh, questions or comments, uh, Ryan will do his best to address them again. I'm just putting like we've said, this is the Wild West right now. Uh, but Ryan has a lot more experience in employment law and can give you at least the, the good background knowledge of where we're at. Uh, so someone had submitted a question 
Uh, can healthcare workers receive unemployment when they are fired for not getting the vaccine? So this one is an interesting one too. It's a loaded question. Uh, I don't do unemployment. I don't purport to do unemployment. It is a whole different realm. Uh, and it is something that I have not, um, you know, had too much experience with at all. Uh, what I do know is that you can be denied unemployment if you're fired for cause. And mm. I don't know if there's any special rules right now because of COVID. I, I, you know, apologize for not coming more prepared on that issue. But um, if you're fired for cause, you're not entitled to unemployment. Uh, I don't know whether not getting the vaccine can be determined to be for cause or not. Um, it's an interesting standard that, uh, you know, the adjudication of which I don't know how it'll play out. Uh, mm. it, it's, it'll be, if, if you're terminated because now here's, here's where it all gets real messy. <clears throat> If you're terminated, uh, well, let's let's back up. Going back to the whole discrimination and the, the interactive process. Um, if it turns out that there's no way to reasonably accommodate you, whatever you need accommodating, termination can sometimes be an answer. Now, you should absolutely consult an attorney if you're in the employer's position and you're thinking, there's nothing I can do to possibly accommodate this person. I got to fire him. There are legitimate business reasons that would justify termination due to an accommodation. It is possible. It is a very tough burden. And again, one that I would not recommend any employer take the risk of, of taking uh, or, uh, you know, arguing. But um, if you're denied unemployment, I'm sorry, if you're terminated because there's no other reasonable accommodation, if you don't want the vaccine, uh, that's not for cause. I don't, I think you could very easily argue that that's not for cause and that would justify unemployment benefits or at least not give the employer the defense that they don't, you know, that you weren't terminated for cause. That's a sticky situation that I was thinking, I was thinking, I don't know the answer to the rule necessarily. I don't know if in California there is one, but I can see how it'll be a real tricky issue when it oversects the, you know, the, the, uh, the laws governing, like I said, just discrimination and other, you know, wrongful termination claims. I'm sure we'll find out soon enough because I'm sure some will be terminated and possibly denied unemployment. And we'll it also could be the answer like on out. the uh, the EDD's website right now, and I just should have looked it up before I came. But if well, it is there, it's very I mean, easy to find for your audience. I, I'll tell you that. I mean, I don't know. They they can't answer the the telephone when they need to, so I wouldn't put too much faith there. Uh, someone said, "Should you submit medical exemptions ASAP?" Or wait until the employer requires the vaccine. Uh, mm. So, like, should you preemptively? Well, I mean, I don't know what the purpose would be. Like, I don't know. Legally speaking, I don't know what effect that might have. I whether it's done at the beginning of the request or towards the the expiration of the the deadline that, by which you have to do it. I don't know whether that has a legal effect. I I think it's best to. This isn't legal advice at all. Uh, this is just personal. I think it's best to be upfront and transparent with your employer. It just fosters a better relationship. I don't think hiding or, you know, secreting that sort of information does anybody any good, especially in a time like this. Um, you know, if, if you plan to claim a medical exemption, you should give yourself enough time to figure it out, make sure it's a legit one, but you also deserve, your employer deserves enough time to, to figure out you know, or to receive and react to the information that you're giving them. So I don't think it does anybody any good by, you know, purposely holding out. I also, yeah, my personal opinion, not legal advice. 
uh, I would wait to cross that bridge until you get to it. That would be my it, personal advice. It, it, man, yeah. There's so many factors that go into that, like your relationship with your boss and <laughs> who's enforcing the rule and the consequences if you don't produce it. it. There's just, there's a lot of factors, but yeah, it could go either way very easily. Let's see. I'm trying to find another one. That's a good one. Um, do, 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 do. I, I, I think this is important for people to, because it, it, it seems basic, maybe basic to us as attorneys, but someone asked, are mandates, laws, and legally enforceable? I'll just let you handle that one because I think <laughs> I've said it before on my podcast. Uh, thanks for that softball. Um, <laughs> mandates. Well, I can't get, I can't make them all wild west. You have, you know, questions. <laughs> Yeah, this one, uh, well, mandates are, it depends what mandate you're talking about. If it's a governor's mandate, yes, it has the binding effect of law, um, unless later deemed unlawful by the either the federal or state legislature. Um, it, it's, or not ratified, I guess. I don't know. It depends on where you are. Mandates by employers, um, they're not enforceable by the government necessarily, or that's not how it works, though. Um mm-hmm. And I, that goes back to the whole thing we were saying at the beginning of the show about the difference between public and private. Um, you know, the government doesn't um, regulate private business. So a mandate from an employer is not necessarily a law, but it's a rule of your employer that is not the same as a law, but, you know, you can be fired for cause, I guess, in the employment context if you don't follow the rule. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that answers the question, but um, I think in terms of uh, if like you're saying, if it's in two different categories, if it if it's a mandate that comes from an executive agency under emergency powers, which is delegated to them by the legislature, then, yes, it's legally. enforceable. Yeah. <laughs> then listen yeah. to the law. Yeah, that's and I know a lot of people get caught up on sort of the the vocab and they say, well, a mandate isn't a law. It's like, no, but the mandate has the enforcement of law because the legislature delegated the power to the executive branch to put these things in place. Um, But like you're saying in terms of mandate, that's if it's your private employer, I mean, it's like any rule when you work, I guess, I mean, I'm assuming when you work anywhere, there's always going to be rules to your employment that you have to follow. Um, maybe not as you know harsh as getting the vaccine, but there are still rules you enter into as an employee of a company, correct? Yeah, I think one of the things here is semantics. Um, you know, we were using the word mandate earlier. I was simply referring to it in a non-legal sense as just a requirement, like a vaccine requirement. Um, I think um, to be not to be technical, but since we're talking about words and words do matter in our world, you know, a government's declaration would be more of an order or, you know, a bill. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would, it wouldn't come in the form of any legally operative mandate. Um, so I, guess, I don't know if that clarifies it either, but, um, okay. Oh, wow. looks like we're starting to get a bunch of questions. I'll let you, uh, yeah, I got, I got <laughs> one more question that was submitted on Instagram and then we can hop into the YouTube questions. Um, I, I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this one, but I'll, I'll still throw it out to you. 
can employers who mandate vaccines be held liable if there was resulting injuries from the vaccine? Oh man, you know what? This is one that I saw from your Facebook thing or your Instagram thing. This was an interesting one. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't mean to be a lawyer, but maybe <laughs> it depends. Mm-hmm. It is interesting. I, causation as, as you know, to, to use a legal thing would be a huge issue in the case, I think. And what yeah. I mean by that for the audience is, you know, you have to prove that whatever went wrong is what caused the harm in any lawsuit. Um, yeah. What you're alleging happened that was either unlawful or negligent or what have you, in fact, caused the harm you suffered and that you're suing for. Uh, causation is that link. And there's two elements of causation. It would be very interesting to see how causation would be argued in a case like that. Um, it would be a, I don't know if you would call it wrongful death, but um, because it's an, it's a voluntary act that, yeah. I don't know. But it, uh, yeah, now it, you're taking, I, I feel like be, I'm like taking a, a walk, a stroll down memory lane with you to back to Thomas Jefferson and thinking like, wouldn't, wouldn't you could argue that it's but for my employer mandating the vaccine, I may have not gotten sick from the vaccine. Here's an argument I would poke a hole in with that. Um, right now, there's so many other jobs available. I mean, I don't yeah. care what industry you're in, you can get hired right now. And if you do, you're not personally, I think you're not trying hard enough. Um and I could be, that could be insensitive and it's not every industry. I'll give you that. But there's not too many industries I know right now that are hurting. And I, I mm. work with a lot of industries. Um, so one of the things that as a defense, I guess, to the wrongful death case, you would claim duress, or, or I guess you would say that the person was under duress to get the, the vaccine, but you couldn't argue that you're under duress because you were threatened with your job. Right now you can go out mm. and get another job. So very easily, you know, unless, you know, generally speaking, I, certainly you'll be, you might be, I don't know, in certain cases, you might be relinquishing retirement benefits or giving up seniority or, you know, yeah. but it, if you truly think you're going to die from the vaccine. Then I would say like, you probably need to go it, get a medical get exemption. A job. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to talk over you. I was going to say, if, if that's a concern, I would say definitely consult your doctor and get a medical exemption. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's ways around it, but I don't know if. That, I'm sure there'll be another case that we'll see down the line. Somebody is going to. The the thing about this and, and you know, I if I can explain from our point of view as attorneys and why it's so hard for us to answer a lot of these questions that we get asked is because. As we're waiting for case law to come out on this stuff. And the issue is, is that not even case so, law, just rulings and jury verdicts and seeing yeah, just, how people react to certain case, you know, facts of cases. Yeah, like uh, we're we're just looking for like a, a a motion that from a judge that may like show us something. But it, because right now it's so new, um it, we haven't seen what courts and how it's being handled in courts by judges and stuff like that. So uh, we're not being intentionally vague when we say like, uh, maybe it depends. We're trying to answer it like to the extent of our knowledge. It's just so new right now that a lot of this stuff I'm sure will get litigated 
there will be cases and we'll know the answer hopefully i mean soon enough i mean i don't want to say hopefully soon enough because these are all terrible cases and terrible outcomes uh, but that's what we're waiting it's on so yeah it's it's the sad unfortunate truth of our jobs but yeah you know, something the, bad's the question, gonna happen the question is always um can i get sued for this or can i sue my employer for that the answer to that question is always yes you can you might be sued by your employee. The question you should be asking is, can I be held liable? Or can yeah. my employer be held liable for what they did? Yeah. And that's the question that we have a tough time answering right now because of all of the unknowns that you've referred to. It's yeah. literally impossible for us to say in any given situation, yes, the answer is this. When it all comes down to it, once you get out of your job and you're fired and you initiate the lawsuit, or once you terminate the employee and they fire or you know initiate the lawsuit against you, what it comes down to is the jury and how well the facts are going to be presented to the jury. I mean, the law right now is it hasn't changed all that much as it pertains to you know the effects of COVID. Uh, certain things have been deemed. Uh, protected and required for, and, you know, certain circumstances have warranted the payment of certain wages. For example, uh, you know, you go to get your, your test done, uh, your COVID test done at the direction of your employer, they got to pay for, you know, paid sick leave for those hours. Um, so like that stuff has all come about, but those all make sense. Those are just different renditions of the same laws. Um, we don't know how the, the laws are going to be enforced when presented and crossed up against these facts, these are the facts that are just impossible to predict because this is literally an unprecedented time in human history. I mean, this is for, for a, a modern day technologically advanced society like ours, this is absolutely unprecedented and how the laws are going to be applied in light of the technology available and the, you know, the decisions that were made and the, the orders that were given by the FDA and the president and so on and so forth. I mean, Nobody knows how a jury is going to react when presented with those facts, confused by all the other outside circumstances. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, we say it a, a time and time again, it's the Wild West right now. And we're just, we're just here to chat about it. And we're here to discuss it. And like you said, you can sue anybody. I said, I tell people, I could sue you right now, Ryan. I could say you being a Yankees fan causes me intentional infliction of yeah. emotional distress. Um I wouldn't win in a court of law. You'd laugh right out of court, but yeah, you can still sue me for it. Yeah. I mean, you could take a lawsuit to court for anything. It doesn't mean it's going to last very long. So someone had asked as a union member, can my union mandate the vaccine? And I just discovered this cool little tactic that I can put the comment up on the screen, which is pretty cool. So. That's an interesting name, Terry. Um, this is an interesting one. Uh, I don't know why. Okay, a private employer again can do a lot of a lot of things on their own, and uh, union is a little different because in a lot of cases you guys are contracted employees who can only be fired for cause, uh, and that's mm -hmm. one of the benefits of your job. And the union protections is they'll they'll step up. Well, they're supposed to step up uh, in the event that you get treated unlawfully or unfairly, or uh, you know you lose your seniority or what have you. Um, the CBA is an important device. The collective bargaining agreement is an important device and it, it does change things and makes certain laws inapplicable or change the application of them uh, when a CBA is negotiated, but it has to be done a certain way. 
Uh, it has to be approved by a certain count. And all those rules are very particular to the, the business and the, the employees who are, who are negotiating the CBA. Um, the answer to the question about whether or not a, a union can do it is it depends on what the CBA says. Um, and mm -hmm. you can bet your bottom dollar that the, the, the employer has a good team of attorneys negotiating their CBA against a good team of attorneys represented by the union that is slightly less funded than the employer. Um, so, you know, the union, I like them because they negotiate good rights. Uh, I don't like them because they don't always stand up when the rights are violated. And that's kind of their purpose. You know, it, it, there's no sense in having a, you know, a shield if you don't also have a sword. Um, mm. And so that's where I don't really agree with every union. I think the union practice could be improved drastically in that, in that way. Um, I understand why it happens because of, you know, resources and so on. But the answer to Terry's question and I'd be curious to know if Terry's actually his name, but the answer to his question uh, is it depends on what your CBA says. So you'd have to look at that and see, take a very close look, preferably by an attorney uh, to see whether it gives them the right to you know, implement rules by emergency measures in this circumstance. But one consideration that I have yet to mention is that this whole FDA thing is an emergency declaration. So the fact that fact alone weighs in favor of such a requirement. Uh, if mm -hmm. the employer has the, the ability to do it pursuant to their CBA, um, but that has thrown another wrench into the spokes and, you know, kind of shown you another one of the complexities of this whole thing is people are doing something that is declared to be necessary and emergency by the powers that be. So, you know, requiring it is not unreasonable. Um, and that would, that would support an argument if there, if the employer has the ability to do that pursuant to their CBA, that would certainly support their, you know, the argument in court that what they did was lawful. Yeah. Someone had commented up earlier, I still don't understand how the vaccine can be mandated under the emergency use. It makes no sense. Um, I have my girlfriend on for that one. Uh, she's much better at medical stuff than I am, but that's definitely a medical question. Yeah, we are not medical people. So uh, let's see. I'm trying to see uh, if you guys have more questions. Let it let let us have them. Um, that, 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 oh, somebody Terry answered your question. He says, no, it's not my name. I don't want to be doxxed. I don't blame you, Terry. So uh, someone had commented about it was a bummer when the, the I'm assuming that's the Supreme Court ruled against the college in Indiana. That's not really an employment question, but um, there was well, a case I saw that, just is that, recently. Is that the college athlete one? Uh, no, it was uh, someone had sued for about uh, the vaccine mandate in schools at Indiana University, I believe. And uh, Amy Coney Barrett, the notorious ACB, declined to take it up. So it did, never got to the Supreme Court. But there was a case I saw, I didn't look too far into, I just saw kind of like the blurb on it, that a professor won his right not to be required to be vaccinated based on natural immunity. So that was like the first ruling you know, in the United States where someone said, I already had it. I don't need the vaccine. And the court agreed with him and said, yeah, okay, you don't need the vaccine because you I already had it. Totally off on this. I'm just going to speculate here, but I could see it being the case that what happened there was after presenting his employer information and requesting an, ex you know, an accommodation for something about his you know, a you know, disability or some sort of medical exemption. 
he presented yeah. evidence that he was already vaccinated or you know immunized um and requested as an accommodation that he not be subject to the requirement and mm-hmm. notwithstanding his proven immunity they he was still terminated i could see that being the case there and that would be an interesting one to know i don't know the facts of that case so again i'm speculating but that would be an interesting argument to make i'm requesting a medical exemption because i'm already immune i'm not saying to make it again don't Nobody out there hearing this right now should go out and make that argument right now without talking to an attorney. But, you know, it would be an interesting one to make. You know, I'm already vaccinated. I'm requesting a medical exemption because I'm sorry, I'm already immune. Here's proof. Um, and here's the science to back up or whatever. Yeah. So it's an interesting point, argument. Yeah, it's, it is an argument and perhaps a good one. So uh, Terry follows up. Yes, to, the answer to that question so is yes. They do have to give you a master labor. You should already labor. have it. But yeah, you, yeah. Okay. So ask talk to your union rep about that, Harry. Okay. And if the union rep doesn't comply, then you uh are you going to make my information available somehow? Sure. Yeah, I'll I'll make your information available. You don't mind being doxed as you've already been doxed. You're on this show. It's well, no, I I will happily give my work email and uh I'll give my work email. <laughs> Let's start with go. that. Go with the work email. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Someone said you're correct. The professor won um, in that case. So, yeah, it's an interesting argument. Um, all right. If anybody has any further questions, uh, let's get them in. I don't want to take up too much of Ryan's time. Um, is that the same of what you said, CBA? I assume so. Yeah. Yeah. Master, that, yeah. yeah master labor agreement, I'm sure, is the title of your collective bargaining. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, uh, if no one else has any more questions, I think this is a good time to end with any of your final thoughts you want to share with people. Um, maybe explain like if they're coming, if this is coming down the pike for them, what are some basic steps you might recommend? Um, and then when it gets more hairy and dicey, we'll throw out your email as well if they want to follow up. Yeah, um, I think let's. I didn't plan for this question, but just thinking off the off the cuff, um, I'm going to do it in two ways: to employers and employees. Um, for the employers out there, you guys come in all sizes <laughs> and shapes, but mostly sizes. Uh, mm-hmm. You got to think to yourself whether it's worth taking the risk, not of you know. Um, what happens if the vaccine goes wrong, but what happens if I get sued for not doing something or firing somebody or what happens down the road? Um, is the risk worth the reward of the, of the requirement? Um, you know, does your business need it? Uh, can it survive without it or, you know, with accommodations to it? Um, for the employees out there, don't do anything. You know what you're not comfortable with uh, for sake of your employment. If you want to, have any case against you or against your employer for, for um, requiring the vaccine and getting fired for it and not, you know, and, and refusing to do it. You got to at least try to find another job uh, before you go suing anybody. Cause one big component of um, any wrongful termination case, whether it be retaliation or discrimination, um, you have to, make an effort to what we call mitigate your damages. You got to make an effort to replace the income that you lost at the hands of your alleged wrongful termination. 
Um, so if you're thinking about quitting your job or can I sue my employer for this, you still got to do something to go out and try to earn those wages. And right now, there's a lot of jobs out there. And chances are those jobs are comparable to the one that you've got. So ask yourself, is it worth making the fight or can I get another job elsewhere? Because the answer to the former question, I think, is no. The answer to the latter question, I think, is yes. So right now, a lot of employers have an argument that you failed to mitigate your damages because there's so many job opportunities out, out there. You got um, to ask yourself, is it worth the stink? Is it worth the fuss? Am I really worried about dying from the vaccine based on the science that's out there? And again, I'm not offering an opinion on that. Um, but there's a lot of considerations that go into, do I want to lose my good paying job with benefits because I'm being stubborn? I know that that's an issue for a lot of people. And not to say that your listeners are those people, uh, but I get those people calling all the time. Uh, and the answer is yes, your, your employer can do it. Uh, and yes, you can be fired for not doing it, at least right now. And it's hard to win a lawsuit claiming that, you know, unless you do die, um, it's hard to win a lawsuit saying that you got fired just for the vaccine and you're harmed to a, an extent worth fighting for in court. So keep that in mind, I guess. Um, don't do anything that makes you uncomfortable. Keep on keeping on at work. Keep busting ass and being a good employee. But don't, you know, pick your battles. Okay. But I appreciate you having me on, man. This was fun. Yeah, I think those are, are good words to end on. Um, I agree. I think everybody is different. And I think that's the, the biggest thing. Everybody has concerns um, about this, uh, whether it's out of principle, whether it's out of health, whether it's religious. Um, just know that there are options available. Uh, and there are avenues to pursue. Ryan explained those earlier in the show that you can pursue. It doesn't have to be a big kind of war against your employer. I would assume nine times out of 10, your employer wants to work with you on this stuff. They don't want to fire you over this. Um, so explore those options and, um, you know, like I, I always like to say, you catch more flies with honey than vinegar. So if that's the case, talk to your employer. Yeah, that's, some, that's the best advice that was shared today. Yeah, just, you know, if you're in a, like a smaller business, talk to your employer, you know, and, and that's it. Like, try as many avenues as you can. Don't look at termination as like the immediate issue. Look at it as the last resort and try and figure out all the different steps to get before that point. So um, I have shared Ryan's email. That's the correct email right on the screen. Yep. Great. That so that's, that's Ryan's yep. professional attorney email. If you want to uh, give him an email. Can I comment on here? How do I do it? I'll Let's leave all the information. Go ahead and chat in the inbox. Or just my the, the website to the firm is ctsclaw.com. Uh, and check it out. Like I said at the show, we do way more than just employment stuff. Um, so if you have any legal issues, hopefully you don't. But if you do, mm -hmm. by all means, give us a call. Um, chances are we have somebody here at the firm who can handle it. But um, Martin Barajas just asked, if there's any, uh, any more time, just wondering that if testing is mandated in lieu of the vaccine, is the employer responsible for paying for testing? Uh, yes. The answer is a resounding yes. Um, you know, Martin raised the question, raises a point that um, I think is worth sharing. And that is there's a lot of information 
uh, online right now that's available through the California Department of uh, Employment's website, um, the Department of uh, Industrial Relations, as they call it in California, DIR. DIR. Is it dir.ca.gov? Well, let me pull it up. It's one of my favorites. Uh, where is it? Yeah. DIR.ca.gov. And if you go under labor law, even on the homepage, actually, it looks like I haven't been on here in a while. But yeah, there's a ton of links to very helpful information. A lot of the questions that were asked, both on your Instagram and my Instagram and during today's comment section, a lot of these questions are answered on these websites. Um, and I'm sure the one that I couldn't answer earlier about unemployment is out there somewhere too. I just failed to look for it. But um, do yourself a favor. And if you have some of these questions, and they're all good ones, uh, check out the DIR's website, dir.ca.gov. And if the question is not answered on that website, ctscelaw.com for my number. Perfect. So like I said, I give them a ringing endorsement. Everybody always asks me the question of like, when I say, oh, you contact my guy, Ryan Carlson. They always say, well, is he like, is he like one of us? Like, is he? And I was like, yeah, he's, he's cool. Don't worry about it. Um, he's a good guy. Um, there's a Although misconception easy. about attorneys in California um, or attorneys in general uh, that I guess is debunked here in Southern California. Like we're not all mm -hmm. suits and ties and, you know, cigars and closed door room. And it's not all, I mean, this is what I wore to work today. Um, mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're casual, we're laid back, we're business when we need to be. We're absolutely business when we need to be. We're not going to show up to court like this. Uh, we're not going to go to mediation like this. But um, in Southern California, it's such a laid back legal climate. Uh, it's yeah. unlike anywhere else, you know, LA, they're all very, it's kind of like the New York of, uh, of, of the West coast legal field. Um, very oh, yeah. the guys up there always in suits in LA. I feel like down here, it's much more common to be in polos and yeah, my first boss, who is one of the best attorneys that I know. And still to this day, my biggest mentor wore, you know, flip flops and, and shorts to the office the whole first summer that I worked for him. So it's like, and, and he's an absolutely Fantastic attorney. Uh, in fact, just closed his uh, his case today in front of a, a very respected judge here in San Diego. Um, so you go watch him do uh, closing arguments on Monday. But you know he's one of the best attorneys I know and is just laid back. And he's the epitome in my mind of Southern California attorneys. Don't be afraid to reach out to us. We don't bite. Uh, we, we like conversation. We like hanging out. Uh, you know it's it's fun. And I don't know if this applies to you, Phil, but. I think it does. As a young attorney, doing this stuff is fun. Like, while we're not jaded, I'm going to enjoy my job. I'm going to enjoy sharing my knowledge with people who are curious to know about it. It's fun for me. You know, it, mm -hmm. I don't know. I like helping people. It's part of our job as attorneys. Whether you like it or not, it's not all about billing people. Uh, but we do like helping people. And especially, you know, right now, our expertise is, is needed a lot more than some other expertise. So it's cool to be able to to do this and spread the, the knowledge and, and not only do that, but let people know that finding the knowledge is not that hard. It's easy. It's very accessible and to the extent that the answers aren't available readily to you guys. We're here as, as friendly, kind, you know, recipients of the information you want to share. We're here to listen. We're here to help. If we can, we'll give you as much time as we have, but uh, you know, that that's, I'm, I'm glad to be able to come on the show to uh, be able to share that sentiment, if nothing else. Yeah, I, I would certainly agree. I've taken, especially since all this has started, I've definitely taken a lot of calls that 
never led to cases, never led to a dollar in my firm's bank account, but I enjoy helping people. I enjoy talking to people through it. Um, There are attorneys out there who just want to help. There are attorneys who are here to give you that at least little bit of comfort that I've talked to an attorney. I feel a little bit better about this situation. Maybe I have an answer that I can go forward with and stuff like that. Um, So we're out here. We're out there. We're not all, you know, just looking for a quick buck and our next surf and turf meal or whatever. So it's absolutely right. It's absolutely right. So, and we're lucky with that, I think that they give us the resources to be able to do that and have those quick phone calls that enlighten people and change their lives. I got a phone call the other, I don't mean to go off, to, off topic, but I got a phone call from an intake that I, a woman that called me for an intake months and months and months ago. I, I, I frankly don't remember the facts that she shared with me, but she called and just said, you know, I'm so happy that you shared the, your time with me. It meant so much. Here I am three months later, four months later, whatever it was, I followed your advice and it, it made the best of my life. Uh, you know, I was able to make the best of it, I should say. And, and it was just like the most, ra- I don't even know how she had my direct number. Uh, it was just the most touching thing. And it made me realize this is what we're doing it for. You know, it's, I'm happy to share those experiences because I could not be paid a dime and those calls would be worth in everything to me, you know, the, the world, it, it would be, you know, better than any wage you could ever possibly earn. Uh, but it, it was just awesome. So yeah, we're, we're definitely here to help. And I hope all the experiences that I share with people who call and don't have cases, I hope they're at least that helpful knowing that I talked to an attorney, it's not worth my time. And I tell a lot of people that um, it's just worth to move on. But, you know, sometimes that's the advice people need. And if yeah. we're the ones to share it, then it'll, you know, it's not only will help society, but it'll help the court system not get too clogged up with bogus lawsuits. Yeah. And uh, that's also the sign of a good attorney is when they tell you the answer you don't want to hear. Very true. If they, if you find an attorney who is, sounds like they're lying through their teeth just to get you to sign on the dotted line, that's not a good attorney. Sometimes the best attorneys are the ones who look at your case and go, I'm sorry, there's nothing we can do, but here's X, Y, and Z that I refer you to. Um, and that's it. So, yeah. And, you know, you kind of raise, I don't mean to take your time. I'm sorry if I'm taking your, uh, your time for other topics. Kick me off if I am. Um, understand that. You know, for those of you who have reached out to employers, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, attorneys um, with facts requesting, you know, representation. Um, when you get that email saying, you know, we're not going to take your case. This is not a representation of how we feel about the facts of your case. Understand that that's true. <laughs> they mean that they're not turning you down because your facts are bad. There's other considerations that go to whether or not a, a law firm takes on a case. Uh mm-hmm. Law firms that take on every case, that's a huge red flag. Um, there are several, several law firms in the city. I'm not going to name any of them, but they will take a case, uh, you know, without vetting it whatsoever. And that is a huge red flag. So be careful. You want your attorney to vet your case very thoroughly and ask the questions and ask the uncomfortable questions and make you uncomfortable. That's part of the process from our standpoint. Understand, we're not trying to make you uncomfortable. But if you're going to get into what you're asking us to do on your behalf, you're going to need to be uncomfortable. Um, so, you know, don't be offended by the uncomfortable questions. Be honest when they're asked. And uh, don't be offended when you get that rejection letter saying, we can't do it, but it's not because of the facts. Um, yeah. It should not be a representation of our reflection of, of the merit of your case. That means something and it's true. So keep looking for other attorneys. Don't give up your hope. 
if there's a good attorney out there, he or she will take it. But also be aware that if it's taken by a, a mill, as we refer to them, that's a bit, mm-hmm. that's, you could be in trouble. You could be in a lot of trouble. Yeah. And there, there are tons of employment mill firms out there that they just, they're an insult to the justice system in my mind. But a yeah. story for another show. Yeah, that would be a good story for another show. The life of an attorney. All right, Ryan, thank you so much. I think your I, I think uh, your advice or at least your commentary was very helpful for people. I think it was very realistic. Um, and I know a lot of people appreciate just hearing from you. And like, a, you know, his email is up there. If anybody wants to follow up with him, um, he's the most badass employment attorney. I know he'll go to war for you. I tell everyone you're a bulldog. Um, you know, forgive the fact that he's a Yankee fan. Everybody, nobody's perfect. Uh, but story for another show. <laughs> it's it's just a it's just a friendly rivalry because we're both East Coasters. I'm a Mets fan. He's a Yankee fan. So that's how it goes. It's not a friendly rivalry. It's like you're my little brother that I have a lot of sympathy for, and I watched you grow <laughs> up. And you're just a cute, un you know, non threatening rival. But it's it's and, like the no, little I brother's trying to fit in your shoes. So. <laughs> No, I, I appreciate right. you having me. At least we're both Giants fans. We're not going to talk about them this this uh, this podcast, but no, I uh, this was a lot of fun, and I hope your viewers, you know, learned something and took something away from this. And if they have any other questions, they should definitely feel free to to reach out. Cool. And for the audio listeners, it's uh, R Carlson C A R L S O N at C T S C L A W dot com. So anyone who's listening on the audio podcast, if you just want to email them there. All right. Thanks a lot, Ryan. Have a great night and uh, I'll see you soon, hopefully for a Giants game. Sounds good. Have a good one, buddy. All right. Later. listening to another episode of California Underground. If you like what you heard, remember to subscribe, like, and review it, and follow California Underground on social media for updates as to when new episodes are available. 